This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Yeah, that's right. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max. Thanks to Bastion GRP. Go to bastiongrp.com.au. Better conversations, stronger outcomes for your specialist recruiting needs in defence, engineering and construction. With me today, thanks to Monday Distillery, is Western Bulldogs AFLW superstar. We'll cover all things in her career, plus AFLW. Year 7 is Western Bulldogs AFLW champion and superstar, Ali Blackburn. Ali, how are you? Hello, Max. I'm good. It's uh, good to be here and finally jumping on the Sporting Max podcast. We've uh, taken our time to finally get here, but uh, it's good to be on. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ali, I'd like to start off with AFLW this year. The Dogs are obviously at the moment four from four, having an outstanding start to the season. Your mate, Kirsty Lamb, we had her on episode 99 of the podcast. She was fantastic. She's had a stellar season so far, all Australian last year. How have you viewed her season and yours? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, like you said, we're we're 4-0 and to start off the season. We've had some um, really tough games in there. Uh, had a had a travel as well, so you know to to be four and zero to start off the season. I don't think we've been in this position before, so it's really good and it's really exciting for our team. We're we're building a world of confidence off the back of it. Um, in terms of Kirsty Lamb, I mean she's incredible, isn't she? She's she's just all heart and soul. She she works so hard every single game. It's I don't know how she does it though, Max. So like every year. She gets like a surgery or she's injured or something ridiculous in the off season. Yep. And I mean, this off season, she had two operations <laughs> and then she barely <laughs> trained and then she performs the way she does. It's it's almost like thrown out the rule book of preseason training essentially and being yep. like, it doesn't actually matter because she's able to perform the way she does. And I think it's it, obviously that's not going to work for everyone. People need pre-seasons. I do. Um, but for someone like her, it's it's just the will to win and that's that competitive nature. She's just just got the mindset of I'm going to do everything I can to win the game for my team or to put the team on my shoulders, on my back, and just lead them through the fire. And she does an incredible job of that week in, week out. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to play footy with her. And, of course, 50 games as well. Uh, against Hawthorne on the weekend. So, I mean, what a what an incredible experience that's been for her and, and to be able to play in all 50 of those games with Lammy. I'm, I'm very proud, um, but she's had an incredible start, as as expected. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've also hit a 50-game milestone yourself. Can you take me through that journey for you? Yeah, it's... A, <laughs> It's it's in, it's interesting because 50 games and we celebrated my 50th game as if it was 200 games and I was announcing my retirement in the same token <laughs> and it was it was a bit of carry on with it but I mean it's taken seven seasons to get here Max and it, it's taken a long time to to get to where we are right now in in terms of AFLW so you're celebrating 50 games as if it is one of those bigger milestones just because it's taken so long to get there and you think of what it was like. And it's only a 12-game season, so it not takes... Even, yeah, not even, not exactly. even, yeah. So a 10-game season at the moment, and it's yeah, if you're playing finals footy on top of that, it's great, but like, if it's only just 10 games, it's it's going to take a while to, to get there. So, And obviously we had a COVID year in there as well, so games got cut short there. We, we missed out on a couple of games in that regard, and, and we've only played in one final, and that just so happened to be a grand final um, back in 2018, but... For me, the journey's been incredible. I mean, I think back to 
to round one, year one, and we were playing Fremantle on a, a Saturday night. It was a beautiful evening at Wittenoval, and uh, we came in as two teams that year, and unfortunately, neither team went on to, to be <laughs> successful that season, but... For us, we, we won that game and regardless of what happened after that, that moment for me personally and, and for our team, our football club, for for women, for, for generations of women who fought hard for women's footy and, and for young girls looking at us in the crowd, that was a really special moment to be a part of. So to, to have had that experience, to have won a grand final in the midst of it all and to have had some pretty special occasions on field and off field with my teammates, uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the 50 games I've been a part of. So let's get to the 2018 grand final. You just spoke about it briefly there. On the day you've mentioned on the kids edition with myself, it has been it was a rainy day. <laughs> it was shocking weather, but the crowd was still packed out for to see you guys play in a grand final and win it for your team. Obviously, having players out you stepped up um into that captain role. Yeah, obviously it was an interesting week that week. We had Katie Brennan who was our captain at the time. Um Unfortunately, be be out of the game through suspension. So yeah, I got the the call up to captaincy <laughs> that week, um, which was a whirlwind experience. I mean, for me, I was you know desperately hoping that my mate Katie got got up and was able to play because she's not only a really good leader but an incredible player as well. Yep. So like for a team perspective, you're like, we need Katie out there, get her out there. Like let's do everything we can and. They fought tooth and nail to um, get her out there, but unfortunately the, the AFL wouldn't overrule the the decision of it all. But, um, you know, that that is what it is at the end of the day. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to be able to captain the team to a premiership. But like you said, Max, and I've mentioned it numerous times, that we went into that game that day and nothing kind of went to plan for us. It was yep. – it was – and – Talk about embracing chaos. That's that's what we had to do in that moment. We had to embrace it. Um, you know, we, we got to Whitnoble and we were catching the bus over to Icon together. And we we got to Witten and, you know, a couple of other things I can't really mention on air. That happened already that morning to a couple of people and it was stress. Like people were stressed out already that morning and then eventually got to Wool on the bus I don't know where the bus driver was going or what route he was trying to take, but he took us the longest way to get to the Icon <laughs> Park. It felt like we were on the bus for hours. <laughs> I was just sitting there and I personally, I get a little bit of travel. He's coming from Witten though? I'm coming from Witten. So oh. it's like it's not the easiest drive, but I mean in amongst the traffic and all of that, but it's it's not too far. Naturally, it should only take like 15, 20 minutes, I think, yeah, to get there. No, it doesn't take that long. We were on the bus for ages, Max, <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I get travel sickness, right? So normally when we fly or when we travel places, I sit in the front seat or like sit up to the top because it's what eases me a little bit with it all. And so I was sitting on the bus, and I'm like, this this isn't ideal for my my stomach is churning at the moment. Yeah. I'm not feeling great. I'm feeling a little bit unwell here. <laughs> Get me off the bus. And it was pouring rain and it was just oh, like you kind of got to the ground and you're like, I was kind of laughing. I was like, what is happening right now? And, and now you got to go out and play in an AFLW grade final. Essentially. And we'd never played in rain in our two seasons of AFLW. So we'd never prepared for wet weather conditions because we were playing in the summer <laughs> at that time. Yeah. And so we went out and we're like, it's going to be a different game style today, girls. So <laughs> we're going to have to adapt to here a little bit. And, and that we did. And, I mean, 
upon reflection, I, I think the chaos was good because it distracted you a little bit. Like it, it made yep. you sort of take your mind off about being too, I guess, almost self-indulged about what was happening in the in the day. It got you out of your head a little bit like because you were worrying about or, or your attention was turning to all these other things. So your attention span was sort of changing really quickly onto one thing to the next to the next. And so you couldn't really hone in and, and focus too much on what it was that you were about to do and almost overplay the game in your head, which is what can probably happen on grand mm-hmm. finals. And for us, it was, yeah, it ended up being a really good result in the end. We came in down at half time. I don't think we had kicked a goal until the half. And to come out, we, we it felt funny in the rooms because we walked into the rooms at half time, and we're like, it didn't feel like we were going to lose the game. Like all, all along, we weren't winning but we were just like we're not going to we're not going to lose this game for some mm-hmm. reason it that was the feeling in the room so we kind of were like like oh. a sense of collingwood in there like how they've grinded it out this year almost to a degree yeah it's almost like yeah we're we're just going to go out there and we're, we'll get the job done it's not going to plan it but you do it however you can but we're going to do it and and that's what happened that, that's the feeling i got at half time and and we went out there and we just sort of turn into gear a little bit more and, you know, we were able to hit the scoreboard a little bit and and then we just we won the game and it was absolutely incredible to be a part of one of the most special moments that I've been a part of and that feeling, that feeling of winning a grand final, I, oh, I want it. I want it again. I want more of that. So when you get an opportunity prior to the game to walk out onto the ground, what's that buzz like at Icon around the stadium where, you know, you can spend a bit of time with the fans, possibly before the game. What did you feel first instinct, instincts? You walk out onto the ground, you feel the vibe and energy. Was that like, did that click for you like we're here? Yeah, it did. I mean, the first thing you did when you walked out was rain was smacking you in the face. It was so heavy downpour. Um, so you're just wiping the eyes from all the rain. And then, then you had the moment to look around and then you had the opportunity to take a deep breath and like all right we're here this is this is exciting and for me I love to get out on the ground before games and and kind of get a feel of the atmosphere get a feel of the ground even though like you know even if I'm to play at Witten Oval and I've played most of my games at Witten Oval I still like to get out on the ground beforehand and and see what the wind's doing see you know what the conditions are like because it always changes no matter where you go and get a feel of the energy of the place and for me, that's really important because I want to I want to try and be as present as as I possibly can be in that moment. And for the game, I don't want to be thinking about next week. I don't want to be thinking about games ahead or games past or anything like that. I want to be really present in the moment, and that's something that I really try and do. I try and savor the moment. So I'll go out pre-game. I'll walk the oval, um, have a look around, throw the grass up in the air, see if the wind's blowing it. On the day, it just a raindrop hit it, went straight down <laughs> to the ground. So you couldn't do much there, and. But I mean, the feel of the place—it was—it was amazing. It was, despite the weather, the the crowd turned up for it. People people tuned in for it, and it was it was incredible to be a part of. So you get to hold the premiership trophy up alongside your coach, obviously Nathan Burke, Paul Groves at Paul the time. Paul Groves, sorry, not Nathan Burke. He's he's just been newly introduced. Burke, um, a St Kilda legend. What's that like to hold the premiership cup up? You're you're a substitute captain captain. What's you mentioned savoring the moment before? What was savoring that moment like for you? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, Groves and I kind of looked at each other before, 
hoisting it up and we called Katie up on to stage. We're kind of looking at each other. It's like, are you going to do it or am I going to do it? Who's going to like him? Well, like whoever's mm-hmm. last calls Katie up essentially. And normally it's the captain and then the coach talks, but mm-hmm. Grozy jumped on the mic first and then it was <laughs> me. So then I called Katie up onto the stage and, and we'll able to lift the cup up together, all three of us. And it was a really special moment. We kind of all looked at each other beforehand and, and as you're lifting it up in the air and, and raising both arms up in the up in the air, you you sort of think, geez, this is this is special and I embrace it for that time being, but then I wanted my teammates up there as quickly as possible. So I was calling them up straight away, get up here. <laughs> we want you all and um, you know, we I just wanted to celebrate with, with all of them and, and wanted everyone to experience that initial feeling that I was feeling of, of lifting the cup up. Swat. Can you take me through celebrations afterwards <laughs> and what that's like to embrace with your teammates post game? Oh, it was it was spectacular. It was incredible. I um I went and saw my family instantly, so they were right on the boundary. Um, I mean, like I embraced the the t- mm-hmm. my teammates and we sang the song together and and that initial feeling and you know when the siren went and all that you were, you were with your teammates and you were just. Ah, oh, I can't believe we did it. And mm-hmm. you were talking about like you mentioned things that you had mentioned to your teammates before. And it's like, I can't wait to have a beer with you. Or like, you know, yeah, yeah. you'd spoken about it previously. You're like, I just can't wait for the grand final when we win it. We're gonna have a beer together and it's gonna be the best feeling ever. So you're talking about that stuff mm-hmm. and and just kind of embracing that moment, which was spectacular. But once we'd sung the song and embraced each other, I I kind of went over to the crowd and, and saw my family and my nephew Riley, he ran out to me, and it was—it's really cute. We've got a really cute photo of him running out to me, and then um, I put him in the the Premiership Cup, which was pretty special to <laughs> and lifted him up in that. So that was really nice. And then there's a really cool moment of um, myself and Brooke Lachlan, who's now one of the the captains up in Sydney, where we're playing in the streamers. We were like, I grabbed her, I was like, Brookie, let's let's go over here, yep. and we grabbed the streamers that we saw the Oz kids playing in and they look like they were having so much fun and I was like that looks fun like yeah, let's go you gotta do, do that. that so we grabbed it and we were running all around the oval just throwing the streamers on each other and we got some epic epic photos off the back of it but I mean that moment I felt like a little kid and I felt like you know the nothing can take that moment away from you no it was it reminded me of a real pure you know amazing childhood memory and it was one of the most amazing moments and feelings that I've ever experienced. So that 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 celebration there on field was um, incredible to share that with Brookie. So your determination to win is well known, Ali, as well as is in Kirsty Lamb and all your Western Bulldogs teammates and Nathan Burke and what he's introduced to the side this year. Can you take me through a bit of the type of coach he is? I, what I saw a video reel on the Western Bulldogs AFLW Instagram. He was playing Chinese whispers during the week. Can you take me through <laughs> what Burke is like and what he brings to the group? Yeah, he's he's an interesting man, Nathan Burke, and I don't think he thinks too much. I think a lot of it's off instinct, and I don't know if that's good for a coach or not. But he, I feel like he comes in with a plan, but then just scraps the plan a lot of the time. Not necessarily game style, but in terms of communicating his message yeah. across to the team, he, he'll get a feel for the group. And it's something that I try and do a little bit myself, like if I'm to do a pregame speech or something like that. I'll come in with a little bit of a plan, but a lot of the time it's based off the feel of the group, right? And and yep. you're trying to embrace that. And he does a little bit of that himself. 
But for Berkey, uh, he's based his coaching around connections. And, and in football, it wasn't renowned for probably back when he was playing. It, yep. That connection piece, I mean... It was, was the coach was leading the group. The coach was... Yeah, it was... It was it's not like your best mates go have a beer with the coach after the game. No, you 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 kick the ball forward, and that's your game plan. You get it to your your Tony Lockett's who he got to play with, and and they kick the goals. Cozzy's, yeah. That's that was him, like in his playing days. So it's a very contrast to to what he's doing um, now as a coach, and I really admire the way he's going about it in that regards. So that it's it's built around connecting people together. You've got to you've got to want to play for each other. You've got to want to have a lot of trust. You've got to want to have a lot of care, respect for for your teammates because then when you're on the field and you're going out to play a game with them, absolutely, th- that's pivotal when you're playing a game of footy. You've got to be able to trust that your teammate with their head over the footy is going to win that ball. And that way I'm not running over to be too chaotic, but I can run to space to be the next person to receive it. So I'm trusting you to win that footy and then I'm going to be on the receiving end of it. So it's things like that that he's done for us that I think you're starting to see a little bit in our game style this year. Um, I don't think we've done it as best as possible yet. I definitely think we we have not nailed our game style once, um, <laughs> which is quite funny. But, um, you know, he's he's a great guy. He's He's got a good footy brain about him. He loves the game and he's really passionate about, like, women's football. Yep. And he's, uh, he's obviously in a house full of women – He's got his wife and and three daughters, and I think they keep him in check a fair bit. So, like he's he's a great family guy, and he's basically become our a, a, a dad figure to us as well, a, another dad figure. So we we look at him and we we call him dad, and he's a, he's a great character. He's a he's a ripping bloke. Um, and then I'm 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 enjoying what he's doing with our team. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into a bit of your junior career, Ali, and how the AFLW all started off on some great rivalries, this is the Monday Distillery Question of the Week. High Spirits, Clear Minds. Monday Distillery, award-winning non-alcoholic beverages. Head to mondaydistillery.com to purchase the drinks with all the spark of good and alcohol-free. Available at independent supermarkets, bottle shops, Dan Murphy, 7-Eleven, and Coles Local. Head to mondaydistillery.com.au. Ali, the Monday Distillery Question of the Week is who is the GOAT? Of AFLW, oh, that's a that's a really tough one. I mean, because instantly, Erin Phillips comes to mm-hmm. mind. Um, what she's done for the game in a short seven seasons has been incredible. Two times AFLW best and fairest winner, three time premiership player. I think she's been best on grand and grand final twice, um, and just naturally her contribution in in that regards. Uh, as a player, has been absolutely incredible. But, uh, yeah, I, I think she's probably the, the first person that you look at for it. But then for me, I I put other players into the conversation purely because of consistency and wanting to have them as a teammate over mm-hmm. the years. So someone like Karen Paxman, who has never won an AFLW um, league best and fairest, but has polled extremely well in that regard, just has not quite got there yep. in that space. But... Her consistency of playing is absolutely incredible and uh, that in itself is something you admire. You look at Emma Carney, who is the only player in the competition who has got All-Australian every single season of AFLW. She's won an AFLW Best and Fairest. She's a premiership player. She's – I don't know how many times she's won a club Best and Fairest. (laughs) But she's been outstanding 
in her own right as well. And and then you look at the likes of coming through of like an Anne Hatchard, who's been really incredible. But I think the one that's just pipping him all is obviously Erin Phillips, I think, mm-hmm. in that space. I think she's been incredible. And obviously that conversation will, will probably change over the years. And I think at the moment it's probably someone like Emily Bates who has obviously come off the back of winning the AFLW Best and Fairest last season um, but and started her season incredibly well this year. But I think overall across all seven seasons, I'd have to go with Erin. Has to be. She's such a great athlete coming off the back of a WNBA championship, you know, choosing to come home to play AFLW. It's great to see. Now, Ali, we go into a different lens, a different perspective, and through this lens we look at your junior career. So can you take me through what you were like as a kid, as a teenager, and progressing through junior footy? I was pretty sport-focused as a youngster. Um, I I played a lot of sport myself personally and uh, a lot of netball, cricket, did swimming. I tried tennis for a little bit. Uh, made mum buy me a tennis racket in the works and, and I don't think I really ever played much of it after that. <laughs> Poor mum. Uh, but, yeah, footy was always the... At the, at the top of the list, it was always the sport I wanted to play, always the sport I wanted to be a part of. And so for me as a youngster, I would always be at the front kicking the footy. I, the amount of times I kicked the goal after the siren. Uh, and That's what that's what you live for as a kid. That's what you practice. Absolutely. I mean, and it was a dream of mine. I remember writing on the piece of paper, the teacher would ask you, you know, what is it that you want to be when you grow up? I want to be the first female drafted into the AFL. That was hands down what I wrote every single time about what I wanted to be. And when back I grew up. then, when you were a kid, what what would the teachers say? Like it wasn't, it wasn't looking like a realistic possibility. No, it wasn't. But I, I don't ever remember a teacher shutting me down from it. I just remember teachers being supportive of it, and and that was my recollection. When it comes to it, I, I don't necessarily ever remember a teacher being like, "Well, that's never going to happen, darling," or anything like that. It was that's a good goal, like strive for it. So I, I must um, commend my teachers that were were great in that space. And I mean, even the my classmates, they were always really supportive at the time, particularly in primary school, I'd say. Like I remember them always just like being really supportive of me and, and just... Because that's all a kid wants to do in primary school. Yeah. You just want to be an AFL, AFLW player. Absolutely. And and I remember kicking the footy at halftime, at, sorry, lunchtime, with with all the kids at school and you know my my sister and I were we joined the the school footy team and it was a little bit of a touchy subject because girls playing with boys and stuff like that but I mean we're all in grade six so no yeah. harm done or yeah. anything like that girls were probably probably bigger than boys at that stage and then when they get to your age Max <laughs> they shoot up but yeah it was a lot of footy for me at the time um, and loved it I loved playing junior footy with the boys there was some really tough moments. In there, there was times where I definitely got bullied for being a girl playing playing junior footy, and it was I, you know, hit the girl. She shouldn't be playing footy. Girls don't deserve this. Girls shouldn't be playing footy. And imagine hearing that as a youngster. For a moment there in time, I wanted to quit. Like I wanted to yep. give up footy. I didn't want to play it anymore because of even like teammates and stuff at, at going through junior boys footy would make fun of me and almost be like, you know, not going to pass the ball to the girl or anything like that at times. Because she can't dispose of it correctly because she can't. It wasn't even about skill or anything about actually playing Stereotype, the game. it's player profiling. It was, yes. it was because I was a girl yep. and or I am a girl. And it, purely because of that, there was no other reason than, like, I, I 
actually think I'd won like a couple of best and fairest playing with the boys and was was pulling well on the league best and fairest and things like that. So I felt like I did all right. Like Absolutely. I wasn't a, I didn't feel like I was a bad player by any means, but for me I didn't really care about that stuff. I just wanted to play footy and I uh, was enjoying it and that's all I knew. That's the only way I knew. I didn't know if there was women's leagues out there, girls' leagues out there that you could be a part of. But mm-hmm. yeah, so which was a tough process kind of going through in that ranks. But then I had people who were in my corner. I had some really amazing figures and, and it wasn't necessarily female figures because there wasn't a lot of female figures around footy, particularly as coaches or players that I knew of. Um, so at that moment, it was a couple of guys from the local footy club, senior men's players who wrapped their arms around me and were like, we're going to support you as much as possible. I almost became the the one of the mascots down at Beaky um, Football Club and would run out with the senior boys and, and stuff like that when they played in the grand final. And they really wrapped their arms around me, a couple of these guys. And for me, I, I don't think they really understand or ever understood what that did for me as a kid because that, for me, was like I belong. I belong in a footy club and people don't care if I'm – a, a boy or a girl here. I'm 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 a footballer. Yeah. And that for me was really special um to have had and to have experienced um particularly at a young age and not everyone got that experience. It was very rare that people would have ever got anything like that. Um so yeah, it was ups and downs, but there were some really special moments in there that made me love playing footy and um won a premiership in in um junior boys and then won a couple of flags playing in youth girls footy as well when I of playing at Berwick and playing at Beaconsfield in, in youth girls footy and absolutely loved being able to do that. See, that's what I love seeing now, the the evolution. So the evolution of girls playing junior footy, whether it be in a junior girls side, junior boys team, my little brother Lenny, he's seven, and there there's a girl named Zoe who played in his team. And, you know, she's a, she was a bit shy at first, but, you know, she got used to it and she loved it. Mm. She loved it playing footy and that's what I love seeing when and all the boys got around her you know they supported her and that's what you want to see nowadays I mean back then as you mentioned Ali you've got a powerful story of how you know they wouldn't pass to you they'd pass to her they'd handball it to her and so encouraging and it's great to see yeah and it's not like you want to be treated any differently so it's not like you want to pass the ball to the girl so she can get the ball. You just wanted to be treated as a teammate. Yeah. So if I'm in a good position, just pass the ball to me. Like it's as simple You'll as that. you get the job done. Yeah, it, and and just trust that I'm I'm going to try my hardest as a girl. And and that's all you ever wanted. Like you don't want to – you never wanted to be like, all right, we're, we're going to put her in the midfield this week and, and put her at the footy so she can start on the field every week and have a go and all that stuff. It's – it's not so, like you're treating someone higher than anyone else. No, no. Yep. It, it's, it's just equal. Just equal. Yep. We don't want to be treated above or less or anything like that. Just equal. That's all you're yeah. asking for. And and, and that's a, that's the best way to put it. I I never wanted anything more or less than what the boys got. I, I wanted the same. I wanted to be treated the same as the guys. And, um, you know, certain people did that and certain people didn't do that. But, I mean, for the people that did that, they're the ones I remember and they're the ones I'm, I'm thankful for. So what about as a teenager? How did sport evolved for you what was that like as a teenager going through your teenage years playing footy was that something that you know helped you like I guess as a teenager you can there's all different paths to go down you know education and then you've got the option of university once you hit sort of 18 and finish high school what was footy for you footy was 
what was a big part of my life at that time. Um, I think back to being a teenager and, and they probably, that those years for me aren't necessarily the most memorable time of my life. Like I was really trying to figure myself out, find out what it is that I wanted to do in my life. And mind you, I'm still trying to figure that out. So teenagers don't feel like you need to have your life sorted at at the rightful age of 16 or 18 or whatever it is. You've got plenty of time to work that out. So don't feel like that you have to put that much pressure on yourself at at such a young age. Obviously, you'll find your interest in what it is that you're passionate about, but don't feel like, geez, I have to do this. And if I don't, I'm a failure. By no means is, is that the right way to look at it. And I guess for me as a as a teenager, I was very passionate about just playing footy and, and being a sports person. And, and so I did that. I, I went to a high school where they had a sports academy there. And, and so I was a part of the sports academy at Hallam and played played in the girls footy team when that was established. And, and we were quite successful as a, as a team or as a school there. And it was a lot of fun being a part of that. And that's, I've built a lot of friendships out of, out of that. And, and one of the girls actually, well, one of them is one of my teammates now, Kirsten McLeod. We went to school together um, and now she's my teammate at the Doggies. And then another one, Chloe McMillan, um, who's actually one of the coaches at Collingwood now. Yep. She was in that school side as well. So it's amazing to to be a part of that and now to watch their journeys. Obviously, like other players like Bianca Jacobson, Danielle Hardiman, both playing AFLW as well and, and having great careers in the AFLW. So there's a number of people that came from that school who are in AFLW system now. So... To be a part of that and, and, and then to be a part of like state sides and all of that, I, I built a lot of friends um, from those competitions and, and from those opportunities. And for me, that's that's what kept me sane at the end of the day. And, and that's something that I'm really grateful for that I had footy in and, and that I had that friendship group to be able to, to, I guess, get through what, you know, those teenage years were, were throwing at me. So then you get to senior footy. What's that like where... You're well respected and you feel you belong. You're playing senior women's football. Can you take me through that? Well, uh, one of my first senior games, I was playing for Berwick. I was playing against Melbourne Uni. And little did I know we were going to become teammates one day. But Emma Carney sledged me like no tomorrow as I think I was 16 or 17 playing senior footy. So I played youth girls. On a Saturday, and <laughs> how, how old Emma at this point? Oh, she's oh she's years older than me. No, she's not that much older, but she's probably five or six years older than me. <sighs> so she's twenty twenty one. I think so. At this stage, I, I can't remember how. Actually, I actually don't know how much older she is than me. Um, but she's a few years older than me. She's been in you know the system uh, in in women's footy for. A bit of time now, and then I had no idea who she was at this time. I didn't really know who anyone was in in women's footy, and so I'm playing, and then she's ripping into me, and I kind of look at her. I'm like, I don't even know what I've done wrong. I don't know who you are. So 16, 17, <laughs> she's 22, 23. <laughs> so she she is six years older than you. And she was getting into me, and I kind of I was just laughing. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I loved it though. I was like, this is it. Like this is this is the stuff that I wanna be a part of. Like I loved it so much. It was any it wasn't anything malice or anything wrong or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. She was just getting into me and I was like, I'm sixteen, Carney. Bugger <laughs> off. And it was great fun. Um 
sort of doing that and, and being a part of that. But that was my introduction into women's footy. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I love being a part of the competition. I love the early days of, um, of yeah, the VWFL, I think it was at that time, so the Victorian Women's Football League, uh, run by the great Debbie Lee. Um, I think she was the president at the time of it all. And, yeah, it was um, was awesome to be a part of, and I love senior footy. I went to, I think I was playing Berwick for the first couple of years, and then when I finished playing youth girls in the area, I went and played for, for Melbourne Uni um, after that and, and played a handful of years at Melbourne Uni and absolutely loved it. So what's then AFLW comes along. Can you talk to me that first year where you, and your initial reaction when you find out AFLW is coming into play? Yeah, I was, I was sitting at home when it got announced and it kind of came up on the TV and I was like, what? What's... What's this? What's happening? I was like, I heard, <laughs> like, obviously we had played the exhibition game, so yep. you had known a little bit about what, you know, women's footy was and stuff like that. But in terms of an actual competition, I was kind of just like, yeah, okay, this is happening. I was in a bit of shock almost at the time and disbelief. And I was like, when does it start? Sign me up. I want to put my name yep. forward. I want to I want to be a part of this. And, yeah, it was amazing that the competition got announced. And for me, I... I had uh, I was like, well, just anywhere I can get to, I just want to be a part of it. And at yep. that time, I was I was with Melbourne with the exhibition games, so I was like, oh, I'd love to go to to the D's. I'd love to play for Melbourne and and be a part of their team. And then when it was getting announced, like you know that they were contacting players and stuff like that, I hadn't heard from anyone, hadn't heard from any club or anything like that. The only club that had really contacted me throughout that process, I think, was. Carlton, so a couple of guys there, but mind you, I think they'd contacted every player and <laughs> were telling a lot of people that, hey, we're going to get you on our list. And so I was one of those players that they had contacted and said that they were going to do that for. And I was like, great, you beauty. And then um, had some conversations or with my manager um, about a, a potential other club to go to. And then out of nowhere, on the, <laughs> I, I got a message from a Facebook private message from one of the guys working at Western Bulldogs was like, hey, what's your number? I want to get in contact with you. And I was like, this is weird. And so he, I passed on his num- my number on to him and gave me a call. He's like, we'd love to meet up with you. Do you want to come in with your manager? I was like, yeah, sure, no dramas. Didn't really think much of it at the time. And then they kind of interviewed me. And then a day or so later, I got the call that, we're picking you. You're our you're our marquee pick. So it was a it was a whirlwind experience. It was a whirlwind couple of months to get there. And then, you know, the worst part of it, Max, we got told and then had to keep it quiet for over a month thereabouts. Like they <laughs> were not announcing it for like four weeks later. That the squads. Well, no, that like the first two marquee Individual players. Individual player signings. Yeah. So the, the draft was going to be months away, right? Yeah. But at that time, they're like, yeah, we want to g- generate some momentum, right? This is what the AFL do. They promote things in, in little drips and drabs. And so this is what they were doing. With the market of AFLW, they were like, yep, we've announced the competition. We've announced what who the teams are going to be. Now we're going to announce a couple of marquee players for each club. And then we'll announce like a couple of key signings, some rookie picks, and then we'll go to the draft, right? So it was all yep. planned out. And then, but they had told us, so the club had told me, they're like, by the way, you just have to keep quiet for a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, no dramas, like, thinking a couple of days. It was like weeks later. 
And then eventually... So how many people did you tell within that time? Uh, I told a few people, <laughs> um, <laughs> just quietly. I uh, I told, uh, obviously, mum and dad knew about it and then a couple of close friends at the time knew about it. Um, and we, yeah, I. <laughs> but the day before, like, or the couple of days beforehand, I was getting all these calls from a couple of media outlets being like, hey, like, the announcement, I think... F- for example, it might have been on a Tuesday or Wednesday like that. They're like, yep. are you going to be at the launch on Wednesday? I was like, what launch? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, obviously I was going to be there before. I was playing it down. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about or anything like that. They're like, all right, we'll see you there. I was like, I'm not confirming anything. And and then another place called me up and they're like, oh, would you like to comment on you being a marquee signing for the dogs? I was like, no, no comment. Like, I just kept saying no comment, no comment, no comment. I was like, I'm not going to talk to you. I don't want to throw – like, they're yeah. like, I was really stressed at this point yeah. because, like, hadn't – no involvement in media whatsoever. And then all of a sudden they're calling me, asking me for so a So did statement. you have to do like a media training course with the dogs or anything like that? I didn't really do a media training. They kind of talked us through what it looks like and the landscape of it all, what to expect. They didn't necessarily be like, hey, when they call you, this is how you answer. They want us to be as authentic as possible, and which is a great thing about AFLW. I think you see the rarity in players, but yeah, at the time it was quite interesting. And then so... and. and Article came out the day before. I think Fox had actually announced the day before that I was going to be the marquee signing for dogs. I was stressed because I was like, they've asked us to keep this quiet and it's come out the day beforehand about me. And I'm like, I had not told a single soul, like, I mean, that I thought was going to throw me under the bus with it by any means, but it had come out and I was like, Oh, the club's going to be so mad at me. I'm really bugging up here. Like, are they going to, like, say no to me now because of this? I was so stressed out. I didn't know what to expect with it. And so I, I the fl- phone blew up that day and was, like, people were, like, congratulating me and all that stuff. And I didn't know what to say back to people because I'm like, it's not officially announced yet. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a, it was a tricky situation to be in. But then the next day it came out. Um, obviously that it was announced and it was it was spectacular to be a part of. So what about the first game, the first AFLW game you ever step out onto the ground? Amazing. <laughs> Truly amazing, Max. It was – I remember walking through and at Witten Oval there's like a cage fence over the top of the race and kids and people were sitting on top of it and shaking the fence, right? And I, like, literally that's all you saw and heard. And I looked up and I was like, what is happening? And then people were crowding in to see us just walk through the gates. And then as we walked out onto the field, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it, Max. My body is, like, in a state at the moment thinking about this. Wow. <laughs> um, and I remember just walking out into the field and the roar of Oval is embedded in me for life that was the most exhilarating feeling ever it was it was incredible to be a part of I loved every moment of it it was so special I remember actually because the day before it was a Carlton Collingwood game at Icon and it was a lockout crowd and it's pretty infamous Gil standing at the front being like sorry the gates are shut and people there's footage of people climbing over the fence over locked fences to get into the game incredible scenes and I remember driving in and I saw, like, this is over two hours before the game. I get, I'm get i one of the first people to get to the ground on game day. I love getting there early, take my time and stuff like yep. that. So I got there super early. I remember driving in and I was like, oh, mum and dad are still at home and there is 
lines out the door. I got on the phone to mum and dad as I was driving in. It's like, leave now. Otherwise, you're not getting in. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it is packed out the front of Whitnoble at the moment. I uh, kid you not, there was people everywhere, like driving in, and I was like, what is happening right now? It was unbelievable scenes driving into Whitnoble that day and it, really remarkable moment of my life and to run out in front of that crowd and and to win, it was it was special, Max. It was really special. It was a moment that will, yeah, live with me forever and something that I will never, ever forget. Absolutely, Ali. So now you've got 18 teams in the AFLW competition. What's that like to experience the vibe and, you know, have, be at Marvel Stadium or the MCG and you have all 18 teams, mm. all 18 captains and all 18 AFL teams, you know, marquee players there? Feels whole, really. That's how you put it. You, you look back on the competition. I actually can't remember whether it was eight or ten teams I think it was the start off the competition itself, Max. So mm-hmm. to go from that to then have all 18 clubs within the AFL have a women's team and make it feel that whole, it was absolutely – it was one of those moments that you looked around and was like, this is pretty monumental at the moment. That You looked around and you're like, this is, this is special. This day, I probably don't – at the time, it was freezing cold on that day and we're all yep. shaking like, can we have a jacket, please? <laughs> And so you were stressed out in that regard. Yep. So you probably didn't get to be in the moment as much as possible, but I think upon reflection and, and something that I'll probably look back when I finish my footballing career, to be a part of that day was, was truly remarkable, was truly special. And, yeah, to, to know that the competition's whole and, yeah, to be where it is now, it's it's incredible to see. I mean, it gave provided 120 girls an opportunity to play at the highest level, new players to play at the highest level at least. And then it allowed, you know, so many fans to then follow their team that they've followed for all their years, follow them in the women's league. So I know people that have been like, oh, I'll just like I'll have a men's team and a women's team because my team don't have a women's team, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, stuff that. I'm, I'm going to the club I've supported since I was a child. I'm going to support both the men's and women's team now. And they can do that. And that, that for me is... That's that's pretty remarkable that we can do that now. It's um, I love it. I love it. So it's the first, I guess, dream time Indigenous round this week and over the past two weeks. What's that been like for you? Yeah, it's it's great to have had Indigenous round and and to you know pay respects to our First Nations people and and to be a part of it. I mean, the jumpers are incredibly designed um, in itself, and and obviously a number of players where painted boots or the footies have um, some pretty cool um, artwork on them as well. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a great opportunity to recognise our First Nations people and, and to provide education to a lot of the players. That's something that we do as a football club. It's We feel like it's a great opportunity to sort of um, acknowledge in the land that we're on and then to, to be able to, I guess, find out more information as much as possible and, and to educate ourselves. And we have... Uh, and a pretty incredible figure at our football club, Belinda Duarte, um, who's on our board and, and she's a proud Indigenous woman and, and she's amazing. Like she, uh, hearing her talk, Max, <laughs> you sit there and you drop everything and, and you can hear a pin drop in the room because everyone is just wow. 
listening to every word, like hanging on to every single word she is saying. She's amazing to listen to. So if you ever get a chance to listen to her, she's she's absolutely incredible human being. But it's been absolutely remarkable uh, to be a part of and then obviously to have the Dreamtime game uh, between Essendon and Richmond. I think that's really exciting for the competition that yeah, we can have these um, special occasions and special moments in footy. So it's been really, really um, nice to be a part of. Absolutely. Ali, how do you think and how do you prepare for going into the rest of this AFLW season? Yeah, I mean, now we it's sort of like you put a little bit of a target on your back when you're 4-0, but I don't know if teams even rate us yet still. And, I mean, you're still trying to feel out the competition because it's still early days and the teams that have played each other, you're not too sure still as to yep. who actually is, you know, the, you obviously look at who's sort of the better teams and who are the teams that aren't. Um, sort of them essentially, and and it's really hard to pick apart at the moment. You you're not too sure because because of the way it's kind of panning out at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean for us, it's it's we've got to really hone in and focus on just what we're doing. So you can't really focus too much on all the other stuff. And I know it's as cliche as it comes, but it's literally a week by week thing for yep. us at the moment. Because it, for our team, if we start thinking too far ahead, if we start thinking, okay, so we've got North Melbourne this week and then we've got this team this week, we've got this team the week after, by this stage, you know, if you look at your predictor, we should win this many games out of it, so we should be sitting here on the ladder. You, you overplay it too much in your head and, and you've probably lost the games because of it and that's something that I, I definitely know people have fallen into a trap of. So for us, we've just got to focus on the next game we have and, and obviously for us that's North Melbourne, um, a big Friday day clash um, out at Punt Road. Um, for that one, so which will be awesome during the middle of the day on the Friday when obviously the grand final parade and the footy festival will be on. So we'll be, hope, hopefully we, we get a good crowd in there for the game itself. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to that game and just looking forward to what the season will be. But obviously, like, you you plan goals ahead. And for us, we we want to play finals footy. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the ultimate goal. That's what we need to get to this year. We need to play finals footy. So we that's that's the end outcome. And obviously, you know, you want to win a grand final is why you play footy. So you, you want that success at the end. But that's the outcome of all the work you do now. So if we focus too much on that, if that's at the forefront of all our decisions and you you kind of – you're not focused in on the current task that you're, not, that you're doing. You're not present in the moment. So, yep. um, yeah, we've just got to focus on reviewing – the game that you've currently played, recovering your body and getting ready for the next game. And that's literally a day, weekly thing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Ali, for putting aside, you know, half an hour, hour or so of your time to come on and have a chat. Thanks for having me, Max. It's great to be on and loving the work that you're doing. Thanks, Ali. Stay tuned, everyone, for Small Sporting Max. Give us a follow on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and SoundCloud and tune in. Also give us a follow on Instagram, Sporting Max podcast or our website sportingmax.com.au we'll see you soon this is sporting max with max becker on SEM.